Hey, it's Michael Waits. How are you doing? Hi, I'm Tawan, Shitawan uh, Bunsitano. I'm at Michigan State University studying supply chain management, planning to do another degree for finance. Oh, wow. You're going to dual major. That's kind of cool. No, it's uh, actually a double degree. <laughs> double degree? <laughs> yes, that's what I'm thinking. Wow, that's even more difficult. Where are you from originally? I'm actually from Bangkok, Thailand. Uh, for my high school, I'm at Concordia International School. So between like the Big Tens, Concordia is between one of them with NIST, uh, Bangkok, Patina, and Harrow, and those schools. Yeah. Right. Now, did you go to international school for your entire education, or did you switch into international school at some point? So thinking about that, it's actually quite a reflection because I moved after my kindergarten. So it starts on probably something like on grade on grade one. That's when I started. And I've been moving to three schools, actually. So actually just two. So I'm at Singapore International School, Bangkok, until like grade eight. And then I moved to Concordian afterwards. And where is Concordian? In Bangkok, especially, it would be in a in Bangna district. So Bangna, it's pretty okay. much, yeah. So it's pretty much far from the downtown that usually like where Nis is or where Shrewsbury is. Right. And did you grow up in the Bangna area, or did you grow up more down in Center City? Uh, I'm actually growing up in Bangna area too. As a Thai student going to international school, right? You know, just kind of being different than maybe some of the other kids that you grew up with. How did you find that international school experience? Thinking about that, for some reason, I was able to seamlessly integrate to the to, to the whole thing because of the fact that I was in international school from a very young time. I actually don't remember how I was able to just pick up English. I do remember that when I go to international school for the very first time, I pick up English very instantly. And uh, at Concordia, we didn't only study English. It's also Chinese as well. So I'm actually a trilingual student. Yeah, everything seems to be picking up naturally, and I've been able to do just like that for the past 15 years, 16 years, I suppose. <laughs> and how old are you? Uh, I'm 18, actually. Yeah. Okay. And are your parents like international people in the sense that like maybe your mom or your dad went to school in Europe or went to school in the United States as no. well? So that no, no, not at all? Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> Wait, but so that's really interesting. Are, and are they Mandarin speakers as well? Uh, my dad can speak Cantonese, but he cannot write it. Yeah, so all, so all of them, actually, all of them actually just had a very normal education. My mom graduated from a typical Thai university. My dad actually didn't graduate from college, actually. Yeah. Really? So, but did, yes. and is, did your dad run his own business or? He, he is running his own business and, uh, throughout his life, um, if there is one thing I can get from my parents, it's that, you know, they might not be able to give me any inheritance or, or anything. <laughs> but, but one thing that they, can, that they insist on giving me is the best education that they can have, that I can have. And it's been a theme that is consistently with, with my two other sisters. We were sent to international schools from very young. They are willing to spend to send me to the States. So that was kind of the theme that our family kind of have, you know, they know for a fact that they know for a fact that even though you, they don't, they may not able to have a lot of money or anything like that, but they want to make sure I have the education because education is essential to, or actually a jumpstart to something even bigger than you are. So when you were growing up, was this something that was said to you explicitly, or was this something that you kind of heard your parents talking about 
like after you went to sleep at night where they just commiserate with each other and say, yeah, it's been a bit of a struggle. I know we have three kids. We're going to send them all to international school if it kills us. And then you would wake up and then just lead your regular life. Or was it just like part of the dinner conversation? How did you know? That no, that was it was the case? something very genuine. It was something that was very genuine because uh, we, they, my parents were telling me I the experience on the fact that, you know, when, when you guys grow up, like that's literally what they said when you guys grow up i mean we're probably gonna have money but we're not probably gonna give you that money but 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 the most important thing in your life that you have to know is your parents want you to give want you to have the best education and they hope that you will be able to do something good about it and develop your skill uh develop your skills and and make the most out of it so it was a very genuine and very direct thing and did you so you said you have two sisters so it's you and two other siblings that's yeah. what I want to know. So you're the oldest son, right? And the yeah. only son, actually, in the family. Did you and yeah. your sisters ever talk about feeling pressure? In other words, if your parents said to you, look, the only thing we can give you for sure is a great education. And getting a good education is a ticket to potentially bigger things because being educated gives you a leg up on everybody else who may or may not be as educated as you are. Did you feel right. any pressure? It's funny because uh, my parents are very open about the idea like they don't they don't want you to get a 4.0 but they want to but they expect us to do the best and 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 do the best that we can that we can be have our uh most effort when it comes to doing things and things like that so right yeah ex uh when it comes to expectations they let us set our own expectations because uh for, like for me for example like i know that my parents don't give me very specific expectations but right. i make sure that i have my own expectations that i am able to reach and having to the place that i'll be there to go and did you have to sacrifice along the way in other words were there things you wanted to do particularly in high school as you approach sort of getting ready to go to college were there things where you said you know what i have my own personal expectations about how i'm going to excel or not excel and if i do thing a then i can't get thing b and thing b is the thing that i need to get so i can get into a good university and not disappoint myself and live up to right. my own expectations did you sacrifice anything along the way um i i told you that i that i moved from from sisb to concordian right mm -hmm. well that was actually kind of a decision from from my from my own decision because Tell me. uh because at that point i was in grade eight mm -hmm. uh towards the end of the grade nine for, for the first semester and then i was we were sitting on the table with my parents and i told them you know this is this is what's going on in school right now i what mean was it? uh i i run this i run the student government uh briefly uh on my on, on at that point of time um i've been organizing events for the school kind of like a kind of like a school party a school prom something along that line i have yeah. a great time back in my back back in my old high school but I was like, in a long shot, I don't think I'll be able to go to the States because my entire, I have very long plans, you see. So don't, so my, my end game is to get to the States and go and staying back in my old high school wouldn't allow me to do just that. Why? So you we were saying, well, uh, the resources are definitely not there for me to be prepared. And I've been so distracted. I feel like I really need a clean start. And, and at that point, uh, the school. I just don't feel like I'll be able to if I stay back at my old high school. I wouldn't be able to go to the place that I will be able to go. So it was this decision that was agreed both upon me and my parents and my sister that you know moving to a better place with better resources at Concordia would be 
would be more beneficial for me in the long run, which it is <laughs> because here I am. <laughs> right. What was it about the United States? Like it seems to me to be a very mature decision for somebody in eighth grade, which would make you what, 12 or 13 years old yeah, to be yeah. self-aware enough and have a long-term goal to say, to have even the the courage to say to their parents, look, this has been great for me, but I think I need to up my game a little bit and I need a clean start. In other words, I feel like I'm underperforming myself. I have high expectations for myself and my longer-term goal is to get to the U.S. Right, right. So what was it about going to the United States as opposed to continuing to be educated in Thailand that was so important to you? What, what was that? What did that mean? Because I don't see going to the United States as something that would give me more freedom or or just the fact that it is an item to brag for anyone. I think it's in 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 in, in university and pretty much in all of the university uh what you get is pretty much the same thing. But to actually be in the states and experience very different experience and to have a very different mindset, I think that's very important for for my future. See, I'm not Actually, my end game is not really just about getting to the states. What for me, it? it's all about. For me, it's all about having very constant uh, plans. Probably a few years, a few decades over, at least to give you a, a clear picture of where you're going to be heading to. Like for me, taking supply chain management and doing another degree for finance, there's an end game to that. Well, in short term, sure. When I when I graduate, I'm going to go back and run my parents' business or something like that. But but in the end game, I could be in politics. I could be in, and I don't know. <laughs> well, what is that end game? In other words, like I said earlier, it just seems really mature for somebody at that age to just think, I want to do supply chain management. It sounds to me like that has something to do with the business that your family's in. But having doing a yes, dual degree, yes, which yes. is really hard, and then in finance as well, it almost sounds like you're setting yourself up for a CEO role, right? You want to understand <laughs> the details of the business, but you yeah. also want to understand the finance so that... Yeah. You know, you can understand the nitty gritty of the accounting as well. Yeah. That's, that's really cool, actually. No? It started actually not supply chain management. Like, I've been toying around. Yeah, supply management might be a goodie, but then I actually started out as a marketing uh, major. I was, before I came to the States, I was thinking, yeah, maybe I could do marketing. I, and, but then I went to my parents' business and I looked, and, and, and the more I get into it, the more I feel like I owe a responsibility to do something. And, and there's a huge future with supply chain management. But as I go forward, I actually, I actually went back like, wait a minute. In the future, technology is going to take over the entire field of supply chain management. It so is, it, what, al- it already is doing it, right? Yes, and it already is. And, it's, and for the logistics part, you have the electric cars and then all the supply chain managers that they're having. Pretty much, you can use artificial intelligence to apply to those. And at some point, it's going to be better than humans do. And in a long shot, those companies like FedEx, UPS – Instead of actually having a third-party supplier, they might as well just basically take their own self-driving, self-driving fleets, and pretty much they can handle and do their own calculations without actually, and that would put down their, uh, their operating costs even more. So there's no point of having a business like my parents does right now. So the the question is, what am I gonna do? So that's where finance came in because regardless of having technology, finance is something that's very close to human. Um, they're spending. How they pay it, how they deal with their accounting, all of these are finance too. So I feel like having another cushion with finance would be 
beneficial to what they're doing supply chain as well. And I think in the long run, supply chain is still going to be relevant, but it's going to transform so much that looking back 20 years from now or 30 years from now, you'll be like, oh my God, this is not what I know right now. Supply chain has been so much different than before. Well, if you think about how much just supply chain management has changed in the past 20 years, think about how much it's going to change in the next 20. You're right. It's still, it's still going to be the organization and the logistics of getting certain things from one place to another place. And then during that movement of those goods and services to combine them into something that's then sellable at the end of it to somebody who needs a product. But how that happens is going to be completely different than the way it happens today. It's just interesting that you've already figured that out, right? Right. Are you a freshman or are you a sophomore? I am. I'm a freshman. So you're in your first semester freshman year. I'm in my first semester as a freshman, right. (laughs) Can you just explain to me what it felt like during your last year at school and that were you stressed out about getting into college or was it something where you're just like, I know where I want to go. I'm going to just do what I have to do to get there and then get there. Like, what was that like? Definitely there are mistakes along the way. Um, My last year in high school was kind of uh, brutal, I would say, but I was able I still was able to get a grasp of everything. I mean, I'm from an IB diploma program, so pretty much very similar to folks in in ISB. It's very challenging. Six subjects, external essays, six internal assessments, and something along that line. It's just hard. It is, but for some reason, I was able to get through it, to be honest. There is never any single moment that I feel like, oh my God, this is, I cannot do this anymore. (laughs) I. I feel like there is this kind of responsibility that I still have to do, and that pushes me forward. The fact that I can remember on my third semester, so that would be like the first semester of grade 12, Right. I, I was doing all of these applications and applying to like seven or eight schools, mm-hmm. and I was thinking, what's going to happen after that? I mean, definitely after I applied to all of my schools and things, it was and I submit all of my internal assessments. It's it, it's kind of like a, it relaxes me a little bit, but then my mocks and everything also matters. So I have to admit, I, I'm not good at time management. But for some reason, I just for me uh, for my last year at college, uh, for my last year at high school, it's it's exhausting because I ha- at that point I have to also start giving up all the activities I do as well. So that was kind of a bummer as well. Yeah. Did you do extracurricular it's a sense stuff of really like sports or? and also a bit of an excitement? Yeah, for sure. Happiness as well, yeah. So when you finally got in, when you found out the university that you were going to attend, was it like a deep breath and taking just like a deep sigh? (laughs) Do you know what I mean? No, it's not. (laughs) No. It's not. No. Um, For me, when I I look at actually receiving offers, I I have another question. Like, so what's the point of me actually going to college? Um, uh, At first, I was a bit concerned. At first, like, is... What if I go to the United States and I didn't get anything out of it? But yeah, but the more I look into it, the more I grow into that idea. Why would you think that you wouldn't get anything out of it? That's an interesting comment. Because when you have so much independence, now you have to handle pretty much nearly the entire aspect of your life. Yeah. A lot of people fail to do just that. And a lot of Thai kids also fail to do just that as well. So um, why do you think that ends up being so hard? It's being so hard because if you don't have that forward-thinking mindset when you're in college, you'll be distracted and you'll just be circling around and just fool around for the first few weeks or months. For me, I don't want to be in that position. I just want to get things done right from day one 
and move forward from that day. That's what I want from when I'm in college. So how has that transition been for you? In other words, now you're living on your own for the first time. You're, you're in a completely different environment. You're in a completely different culture. You're in a completely different weather pattern, right? Like Michigan is cold. <laughs> Crazy. It's Crazy. cold. Very unpredictable, yeah. But I mean, you've never you've never been in snow before. You have no idea what you're in for. Wait until December and January. Like it's going to get really cold and it's going to snow a ton, right? Well, I mean, I have a grasp of you know how it's going to be like during winter in Japan and Korea and things like that. I've I've been to winter camps in China for when I was twelve or thirteen for like three weeks each. Yeah, I, I had a lot of grasp on different cultures and the fact that I'm international school, it's very holistic in a way. But for me, when I Right down from Chicago O'Hare, changing terminals from Terminal 5 to Terminal 2 right. on American Airlines. It, it's just business as usual for me. Yeah, but now how do you feel? Now how do you feel? So now you've been living on your own. What are we? We're in the end of October, right? So when did school start? Yeah. August, end of August. So it's now August. September and October. You've been living on your own now for two months. Do you have a roommate or a group of roommates? Yeah, I do. I do. I have a roommate. So it's just the two of you? Yeah. And is it a big room, a small room? Like, what is it like? It's not that big. Uh, it's not that big. And because of the unpredictability of the weather, they don't have air conditioning and things like that. But for me, it's completely fine. The first few days, definitely, it was a, a bit of a struggle trying to settle down, clear things out. But I, I know what I have to do. <laughs> when, you were when you were growing up in, in Thailand or in Bangkok, did you share a bedroom with your siblings? You didn't, right? Because you had sisters. No, I don't. No, I don't. So you had your own check. bedroom the entire time you were alive? Pretty much, yeah. And now you're sleeping in the same room with some stranger, yeah? It's fine for me, to be honest. Uh, surprisingly, it worked out incredibly well. I'm very, very lucky to have my roommate that I have right now. Very, very fortunate. And was it a, was yeah. it a sign to you? Or like, were you nervous about that at all? Or no? You're just like, whatever, I'll take whatever I can get? Or It wasn't. It, it wasn't. There's no anxiety to it. There's no concern. See, a lot of people would say when you go to the United States, you have to be open-minded. But and, it, and it's true. It applies to every single thing. But what's more important than being open-minded is for you to be flexible, adaptable, and be self-aware of what's going on around you. And, and, and to be adaptable with the, with the environment that you're in. Right. Someone can be open mind, but if they cannot adapt to environment and they cannot understand how things go and that kind of life that they are having, they wouldn't be able to move forward. That's, nah, that's it, all, it all, it all breaks down, right? You're right. Like open mind, yeah. being open minded is neat. It's a neat little yeah. thing, but being flexible yeah. and adaptable is really where things start to, where the rubber starts to hit the road as we say, right? Cause that's where yeah. things start yeah. getting really important. Very true. Very true. Right. So where is your roommate from? He's actually uh, from Waterford, Michigan. So he's actually a local over here, surprisingly. <laughs> yeah, no, that's normal. I mean, it's a state university, so it makes sense. Yeah. I, I guess a certain number of the population at the school is from there. Anyway, so how have you found the course load when you were there? Very comparable to what I had back in high school on my last year. So I actually miss, I actually have more time than before. So I actually. <laughs> So, so, I, so it actually feels weird at first, like the fact that you don't have to do my work every single night, trying to go through six subjects every single day, prepare my class from morning to dawn. Right. Yeah, it, I miss that really, to be honest. I actually really miss that. <laughs> and does that surprise you? In other words, when you're going through it, right, you said your last year at school was pretty harrowing and now you're in university, which should be more difficult and yet you have more time for yourself. Was that a surprise for you? 
A little bit, a little bit, but I'm not surprised because uh, definitely, I mean, you, you still have to take some classes too and some work, but it's just that instead of actually having to wake up at eight and go to class until three every single day, it's much more flexible. How have you been doing with your time management? Because you said you were bad at that. Still bad today, still bad today, <laughs> still trying to be the best out of it. I mean, even from high school, I had the online calendar thing going on with iCloud and everything. In fact, I have a very uh, high, I would call it advanced uh, setup compared to other people. So I can work from my iPad, I can work from my Mac. Uh, I'm actually quite a tech geek as well. So I try to put technology and apply it to them on pretty much a lot of things. In my last few years in high school, I pretty much digitalized all of my textbook lineup. So I only carry one iPad for all of my textbooks, even though the school doesn't have online textbooks, I still hunt for it. How for you, here, it's much more different. So How did you, how did you do that? The power of search. <laughs> <laughs> I, I cannot go any, I, I, I really cannot go anything more than that. It's going to get bad. <laughs> I understand. So, but how, why do you qualify yourself as a tech geek? Like, what does that mean to you? Oh my God. Um, so for me, being a tech geek is to really be up to date on technology and to be a very early adopter to it and be very open minded. What's that sound? In, what's that sound in the background? That was weird. I think it could be a fire alarm. <laughs> That's what I was afraid of. Oh are, my god! Are you okay? I'm okay. Can we still keep this recording going on, or um? I can keep going. It's up to you. You know, is, is the is the can you remove the background noise and everything? Yeah, don't, yeah, don't worry about it. I'm happy to keep going as long as you're gonna tell me you're not gonna die. Yeah, it's fine. I think it's probably gonna be a false alarm or or something like that again, like what it's been for a very long time. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So yeah, I'll, we can cut this off, right? <laughs> yeah, don't worry about it. I, I may leave it okay. in. It just depends how I feel. But tell me more about your tech geekery. Okay, so I'm very I'm actually a very early adopter. So I had my first smartwatch when the first Samsung Gear was announced. So I'm very an early adopter in technology. Uh, I bought my first Chinese phone at a time when there's no Chinese phone, like like a legitimate, you know, uh, mainnet center or something like that in, in, in Thailand yet. And I was able to get a first grasp of how it's like to actually use a Chinese phone. Because I can read Chinese, so that's fine for me. Right. But yeah, and my computers and everything, um, I tried to go forward and integrate things to the cloud way before like schools really start doing it too good for you so yeah so it's been i wouldn't say i wouldn't be like oh i change my phones every single year and i always buy into every kind of technology i do definitely in like some social media i i was an early adopter i had my very first email since um six years old which a bit which is a bit early it's a bit, a little bit early <laughs> which is a bit early for someone for for someone at my age especially with the rate of technology and how because back in Thailand, a few, I think, if you look at it now, like 10 years ago, Thailand's technology landscape is very much different. Uh, the average internet speed is still probably like, what, five megabytes? Not every home has an internet yet. Right. Too. And computers are like, what, 50,000 baht? Yeah, it's very expensive more. and limited. It's very expensive. Yeah, it is very limited. And only those who can afford it can afford it. And it's not as available as today. And phones at that time, Smartphones came out at 2008. The first iPhone doesn't come until iPhone 3GS, which is like 2010, I think. BlackBerry is still a very kind of small field at that point. So yeah, I'm a very, I would say, I wouldn't say I'm a 
that much of a techie, like more of an early adopter. Right. Yeah, that kind of idea. Okay. Well, look, this has been a really great conversation, and I feel like with the fire alarm going off in the background, it's probably a good time to end it, so I don't have to feel responsible if something bad happens, and then have your parents call me and get very mad. Oh, no, oh, it's fine, it's fine, because like it's probably going to be a false alarm, it's going to be like for like 10 or 20 minutes, it's fine, it's completely fine. That's okay, I think it's a good time to end anyway. Look, I really appreciate your time, <laughs> and this has been a super great conversation. So thank you, thank you so much. All right, it's fine. Thank you very much. I'm very sorry about the entire situation. <laughs>